We're broadcasting live from St. Joseph Catholic Church in Crosby, Minnesota with Father Anthony Craig. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, and uh, our guest at this point is uh, Father Jim Barron from the Diocese of Colorado Springs. Hello, Father Jim. Hello, Father and Deacon, and hello, folks of Duluth, Minnesota. There you go. Thank and, you. And all around the region. And all around How many states are we in? Yeah. Five? Five different states now? Yeah. Real Presence Radio? Well, very good. Now, Father Anthony, you and Father Jim have a, a, a close and a beautiful relationship, and it uh, sounds like there's some, 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 oh, what do you, had to be there kind of stuff <laughs> between <laughs> yeah. the two of you. We have a few inside jokes. <laughs> inside I can't jokes wait to be a part of one sure, one day. Sure, absolutely. No, no. And um, so, uh, you know, go ahead and, and uh, talk to your brother. Yeah, no, Father Jim, it is great to have you on. Um, Brother, we go way back. We go way back to college seminary, St. John Vianney, back in 2003. And uh, it's, uh, we, we really hit it off great, and we stayed in formation in the same seminaries. Um, we were at uh, SJV together for four years, and then the North American College in Rome for four years. Um, he had a fifth year because he's a little slower. Um, no, I'm kidding, everyone. He is brighter, in fact. That is, that is what I think. Um, but it's great to have you on. And I, I thought of you as a uh, possible guest for this show because the show is centered on fatherhood, you know. And um, I know that you and I have had conversations over the years about this when we are on vacation together and when we um, have some fraternal talks and we, we, we just talk about important things. And it's just so important to highlight this, to bring it forward again, to bring the vision uh, of the church, of what our Lord uh, once out there for fathers to be encouraged by and informed by. And I just uh, uh, I found out that you had been, uh, you know, um, written, you had written an article on spiritual fatherhood and Eucharistic coherence in First Things. And I thought, this is the time I will invite him on formally. Uh, so thank you again uh, for being with us. Um, I think we'll start off, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you come from, and sort of where you are now, too, in uh, the life of the church. I'd be happy to, and first off, it's an honor to be on the show, uh, and it's great to, to see what you've been doing, Father and Deacon. I, I appreciate your support of my dear friend, Father Anthony. Um, but I was born in Florida, and when I was three, we moved up to Colorado, so not quite a native, but darn close. And uh, growing up in Colorado, mom and dad, my older brother, uh, we, you know, we're church-going Catholics on Sundays, and Really, it wasn't until high school that I, I started to, to really take much more seriously the call to discipleship and consider more seriously a vocation of priesthood. And so instead of going to study architecture, which was my, my passion and my plan at the time, I joined the seminary after a weekend visit to St. John Vianney in the Twin Cities. And God's providence and faithfulness has, has led every step of the way through those times, those years of seminary formation into ordination as a priest. Father Anthony and I are celebrating our 10th year of priesthood this summer, um, and I've been in three parishes now in the Diocese of Colorado Springs, currently serving as the pastor of Holy Apostles Catholic Church, which, in God's providence and, and uh, human good fortune, there, we've been able to host a lot of folks from Minnesota, especially in the, the northern area. Uh, one of my parishioners actually has a cabin on the Detroit Lakes and is there almost every other weekend. So it's oh. kind of nice to get regular updates uh, from Minnesota. Um, but I've had a number of different roles throughout the years, helping to direct our deacon formation program, working with vocations, uh, and I'm also blessed to be a chaplain for the Order of Malta. It's a, 
It's a labor religious order that's done a lot of great work globally and locally, especially serving the poor and the sick. And so to help support those men and women, uh, it's been a great blessing as a priest. Those are kind of the highlights. Oh, and there's, oh, but wait, there's more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Don't go away. So we'll go right into the meat. Um, what is spiritual fatherhood, uh, Father Jim? You know, I, I look at it as very much an analogy to biological fatherhood. You know, when when a couple conceives a child, the mom has nine good months to conceptualize her motherhood, whereas for dads talking to a lot of them, they... they yeah, they get it that they're a dad now and they have an increased sense of responsibility, but for most of them who I've spoken to, it really hits home the day their child's born to get to see the, the child. And their fatherhood grows sort of every day, and, and it's, it's really a process of becoming a father. And I think fatherhood, biologically and spiritually, is a process that oftentimes grows through the, the challenges of the realities of our day-to-day experience, especially the increased sense of responsibility. You know, some dads I've talked to, and I think, you know, I experienced this myself as a spiritual father, we, we have an increased feeling of that unrelenting responsibility. There's another life. There are other lives depending on me. And we can either kind of be crushed by that realization or with the help of God's grace, with the support of brothers, with the support of our family, we can rise to the occasion and you know, be transformed by it. So I think uh, there's a, a real relational element to it that it's the people who we are called to serve, who we find ourselves responsible for, they in some ways inform our spiritual fatherhood. And it's something we develop progressively the more we are confronted with challenges and areas of growth and new levels of responsibility, we have the opportunity to, again, turn and run and become just sort of stunted, uh, overgrown children, or through self-sacrifice, through kind of that that growth process, Um, and not doing it perfectly necessarily, but not giving up and trying to learn how to do it better. Uh, we, We are able to do those things that fathers do for their children, protect them, provide for them, help establish them in their identity. Um, but I think to understand spiritual fatherhood, just like biological fatherhood, it's not a ready-made thing that the day you're ordained, you have it all figured out. It's something that your time in the parish, your time serving the people of God, is developed within you, and it becomes more and more of your identity along the way. Yeah, I think that's spot on, brother, that, that growing, it's becoming a father, you know, and it, and it doesn't seem to stop. I mean, it's... It's a constant thing that uh, is good because our Lord is kind of forming us at the same time. Um, and so how, how specifically does a priest or, say, a bishop, um, how are they called to exercise their spiritual fatherhood, um, especially if that's, you know, authentic fatherhood? What are the examples of what they, uh, they're called to do and to, to be? Yeah. You know, priesthood is lived in so many different ways. You know, whether you're a pastor in a parish, a parochial vicar, you're working at the chancery, you know, we are called to be fathers to those whom God places in our path. You know, just like somebody isn't called to the abstract idea of marriage, but to marry a particular person, so we are called to be fathers to people in concrete circumstances. And to recognize what those are, 
I think is an important thing, not to you know, sort of bring too many preconceived notions to the table. I mean, of course, we're going to have them and we need them, but at the same time, to, to have that capacity to um, accept those people in our, in, our, in our path, at our parish, in our offices. And as a priest, you know, to, to live that Eucharistic mystery of laying down our body, pouring forth our blood for those men and women in the way that they need, not just what I think they need, but what they actually need. And that is, again, part of that process of becoming. So one parish might have a certain set of demands and needs that another parish doesn't. So as a father, you have to be aware of, attentive to that reality, both to try to recognize what's good, support it, build it up, capitalize on it, but then also recognize those things that might be detrimental to the health, the spiritual health especially, but even the physical, moral health of, of the people, and help you know, protect them to offer correction, to help sort of build them up in, in a real way. I think bishops, and this is a, you know, from, uh, from a one-sided perspective, being a priest in a diocese, I think in some ways bishops, they're called to be a father to the people in their diocese, but in some ways that's through their priests. I, I really do believe that bishops exercise their spiritual fatherhood first as a father to the father, that they have to build up their presbyterate and through their presbyterate father their people. You know, just like Jethro told Moses, uh, you, you can't do all of this by yourself. You're going to need to find uh, wise and qualified collaborators. And that's the nature of the priesthood, is we are called to collaborate in the ministry of the bishop and extend his fatherhood through our own personal fatherhood to the people in our parish. Uh, that old saying goes, that you can't give what you don't have. And I know so many of our brother priests, they, they suffer because they don't feel that sense of fatherhood from their bishops. And whether it's offering uh, constructive correction or encouragement, support, relief, when they feel perhaps overburdened, um, they sort of feel like it's more of a, a, of a bureaucratic exchange or a transaction rather than a relationship. And, you know, priests suffer from that. And I think not only the priests suffer from that, their people suffer from that as well. So to be a bishop is a, is a very challenging thing. But if I had to sort of offer a, a recommendation of how to rank priorities and where to exercise their fatherhood, it would be first and foremost for their priests. Yeah. No, that's because that, that informs their sense of mission, even, you know, filling them with um, a greater resolve to carry out their duties, their their mission with greater resolve and just go go forward. You know, I know I'm connected to this bishop. Yeah. You know, this is how it works with a sacramental bond. Um, and, and isn't that isn't that how Christ did it himself? You know, he, he didn't. He, he ministered to so many people, but he spent a bulk of his time with the three, Peter, James, and John, with the 12, with the 72, sort of in that, that sequence. And uh, I think he's setting us an example of what it looks like. That band of brothers. That's indeed, what I'm talking about. Indeed. Well, brother, um, you, you uh, wrote an article, you know, responding to something that you had noticed. And uh, it's in First Things, um, but um, we might get into that after the break. We're going to take a short break, brother. Uh, stay on the line. Um, okay. 
And Deacon Dan, is this a good time for a break? This is great for okay. me. Yes, Excellent. I've got a donut here. Oh, and, praise uh, God. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Yes. Yeah, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi along with Father Anthony Craig broadcasting uh, from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota. And uh, on Real Presence Live, we'll be back to speak more with uh, Father Jim Barron in just a moment. know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, The many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit and helps me to be a better father, helps me to be a better husband, and it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work. Listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. There's something special about uh, watching two people who are very fond of each other and enjoy each other's company and uh, listening to their conversation, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Anthony Craig, as we broadcast on Real Presence Live from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota, and our guest, uh, a good friend of Father Anthony, is Father Jim Barron from the Diocese of Colorado Springs. So again, thank you, Father Jim, for being with us today. My pleasure. Well, brother... It is, once again, great to have you on. We have been talking about spiritual fatherhood, the fatherhood of the priest, fatherhood of the bishop. Um, And you recently wrote a book, or not a book yet, (laughs) but an article um, that was published in First Things about spiritual fatherhood and Eucharistic coherence. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what you did in that article and uh, what you were responding to by writing it? No, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I think oftentimes... We, we tend to look at one aspect of our faith to eclipse or the exclusion of the other. And with the Eucharist, 
Some folks want to emphasize the element of sacrifice to the exclusion of the idea of sacred sacrificial banquet. Sometimes folks want to emphasize it as just a, you know, primarily a sign of hospitality. Um, and, and we might lose the totality of what it is. And I think, I think the, the recent biblical scholarship to help draw our attention back to the fact that it is, above all things, a covenant, and that concept encompasses every element of the Eucharist, I like that holistic vision because, you know, if we look at one thing, we can tend to, again, focus on that and usually miss out or misuse that thing um, when we exclude or forget the other thing. So uh, that premise out there, I think it's analogous to the life of the family as sort of the fruits of the covenant of matrimony, that there is a holistic understanding that we have to take, whereas if we get fixated on one element then the whole family suffers. And to look at the Eucharist as a covenant, uh, and really as a whole way of life, we have to see that, that coherence of not just what we believe, but how we live um, and how we celebrate. It's all part of the same mystery. And I know some of the Church documents about the Eucharist speak about that in particular, that it is a mystery to be celebrated, a mystery to be believed, a mystery to be lived. And so coherence looks at all of those and says, how do they relate to one another? And how do those things apply to our day-to-day lives, how we live that mystery? So when conversations about the life of the Church and the behavior of her members, especially the very public ones, uh, and and, in their relationship to receiving the Eucharist, has come up because there seems to be a great conflict between the mystery that we believe and that we celebrate versus how people are living it out or claiming to live it out. And there's, in some circumstances, a real conflict. So to look at the Church as a family, as that covenant family of God, uh, there are members in the Church who are called in a particular way to exercise a paternal authority in the life of that family, specifically the priests and the bishops. So to look at the idea of the coherence of what we believe and how we live, who are those called to uh, exhort us on to faithfulness and coherence in those areas of our, of our Catholic faith when it comes to the Eucharist. Um, I guess, put it more simply, um, you know, the, the bishops as spiritual fathers are called to make sure that there is consistency, stability, coherence between what we profess to believe and how we live our lives as, as Christians made by the Eucharist. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Well, well said. You know, just like a family too. There's sometimes um, really good kids. You know, <laughs> they listen, <laughs> they obey, they do the best they can to obey with uh, you know internal and external in concert. And then there's some dysfunctional members of the of the family too who stir things up, <laughs> who walk outside mm-hmm. the boundaries. You know, <laughs> and we, what are some examples say of scripture? that shows how Christ responds to, say, dysfunctional members of the Church, the new family of God that um, he established. I mean, do you have any of those kind of examples that you could point to to help inform us today? Sure, sure. Well, no, I think on, on the one hand, all of us, thanks to sin, are dysfunctional in our own way. However, there is an earnest desire for repentance and conversion versus those who try to justify their sin as saying, well, it's not sinful, or... I can live this way and proclaim this uh, moral line, and it shouldn't have, and I don't think it contradicts the clear teaching of the life of the Church. So 
you know, there's a difference in dysfunction, I suppose, but, um, you know, Jesus always criticized the Pharisees because they were righteous in their own eyes, not because of sort of a, a legal faithfulness, but because they were self-satisfied. And in that way, there is a certain Phariseeism present in those who say, well, I'm going to live how I want to live, and you can't tell me what to do. And, and that's a real dysfunction that's hard to deal with, again, versus somebody who, like the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they had sinned, but they also converted. They wanted to change their lives. So, you know, how does Jesus deal with those different groups of people? Those who are righteous in their own eyes, uh, meanwhile in the face of great contradiction to the actual will of God, and those who who are living in such a way that they know they don't want to. They want to change. Um, throughout Scripture, you know, well, Jesus himself re- relates to these different groups of people, obviously, in very different ways. Uh, and he gives us, and I reference these two biblical images in the article, um, the, the story of the lost sheep. You know, the, the lost sheep is one whom Jesus ardently seeks, or the Good Shepherd ardently seeks. And the moral of the story is that God is eager to go out of his way to find those who will not only allow themselves to be found, but return to the flock. But it's not a parable extolling the virtues of negligence. You know, it's not about leaving the, the 99 in unsafe places. That would be wicked. That wouldn't be good. A good shepherd would not do that. He would leave the 99 in a safe place to go and seek that one. And the other image from the, the story of the prodigal son, that great image of the dysfunctional members of the family. Um, the, the father didn't sort of pull up anchor and go drift along with his wayward son. He stayed home. And so the element of stability is so important because it provides a place for the son, the prodigal son, to come back to, but it also provides that stable place for those servants who never left in the first place. You know, they are able to live their their lives in this context, and in that context of stability, welcome that that prodigal son home. In in the Gospels, in that parable, it's the servants who the father tells to put the ring on his finger, the finest robe on his shoulders, the sandals on his feet. The servants who are in that stable home have a role to play in reconciliation with that prodigal son. So, And there are plenty of other instances, like in Second Timothy, Paul speaks about the importance of exhorting and, uh, and correcting and convincing um, that there's an important element in the Christian life of helping to identify the wayward and then bring them back. Uh, such a need today, too, still for that that reality to be present, Mm -hmm. to bring those people back, and then that everyone is involved in bringing that person back and embracing them um, back in the Mm -hmm. flock, uh, bringing them back into stability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it isn't the role of the priest alone or the the bishop or, you know, it's, we we all have a role here to to welcome Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to to help the healing and to understand, um, yeah, the return. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, Father Jim, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to to talk with Father Anthony again. It's, I know it's a hardship for you. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to offer a little shout out. I know this is an area of Father Anthony's expertise. He uh, he wrote uh, a thesis on the the concept of fatherhood, especially in the work of Pope Benedict. And so maybe uh, maybe we'll get to see an article from him soon one of these days. That would be nice. Oh, look at you, Father Jim. (laughs) All right. Bless you, brother. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Father. I appreciate that you were here with us today.
Absolutely. Thank you both for what you do. God bless you. All right. Thank you, Thank Father you. Jim. All right. So uh, I do believe that uh, Eli is going to stand by to tell our audience what we can listen to the next time we tune in. Hey, thanks, Deacon. I'm actually sitting down right now. But oh, I thank can goodness. Tell you no, stand up and do it. <laughs> I can tell you about what's coming up on the next Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Coming up Monday morning, host Nick Medelsky will be coming to you live from St. James Coffee House in Rochester, Minnesota. He'll talk with Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston about using creativity to engage others in the redemptive mission of the church. Then Peter Martin of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, will tell how they're helping engaged couples prepare for married life. Plus, Emily Stimson Chapman will, uh, will ask, what advice would you give your younger self? Plus, a giveaway. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Well done, Eli. Even sitting down, you did that fine. <laughs> That's Glad impressive. to hear it. Yeah, that's Isn't impressive. It? Great sitter. Um, <clears throat> one of the great sitters of America. Oh, know? I have. I always yeah. thought that about him. <laughs> now we know it. What, what advice would you give to your younger self? That's what I would like to know. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've thought of that before. If I could meet myself, well, 50 years ago, <laughs> 40 oh. some years ago, mm. what, what would I say? What would I say? Probably hang in there. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. It's going to be okay. I don't know. But how about, uh, Father, maybe just kind of a, um, a closing prayer? and, and uh, Praise the Lord, absolutely. And a blessing, you know, too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to, to the, the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world, world without, without end, end, amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. To God. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you, Father. Deacon Dan. Always a pleasure to work with you. Oh, likewise, brother. In the altar, uh, or on the altar, in the in the sanctuary, I should say, or uh, on Real Presence Live, or the other the other times we get to share ministry. It's oh yes, beautiful it's a and joy. It's a yeah. joy, brother. And we'll do this one again, I believe, November. Sometime yes, in November. November. We both mm-hmm. have birthdays in November, so Janelle, cake, cake and gifts. Cake and gifts, Cake and tea gifts. with jam, jam yep. with bread, all the rest. <laughs> I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Anthony Craig. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on Real Presence Live. We'll see you again sometime. Have a beautiful day, and God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.